Well, good morning, Crosspoint, and Merry Christmas to you. You may have a seat. Such a blessing to be able to share this day with you. It doesn't happen often that uh, Christmas Day is on a Sunday, and so we decided to have a combined service at 11, <clears throat> a little bit later than usual, and we're really glad that you're here. Uh, we hope to spend some quality time here with the Lord, just thinking about, meditating on, through His Word, through these songs, about the fact that the King is here, that the King, not just of the Jews, but the King of the Gentiles, the king of the universe was born in this world, in this planet, some 2,000 years ago. Um, so welcome. For those joining us online, we're grateful that uh, you're able to join us. We hope that you're blessed by uh, having joined us online. Um, those of you that are here, uh, some of you, I re I, I, I'm standing back there worshiping, kind of singing and looking around, and I see a lot of uh, faces that... Uh, don't look super familiar, but if this is your first time, you should, you should have gotten one of these, all right? $100 gift card to, no, that's not what that is. That's a, uh, that's a postcard from the church. A couple of gifts just for us to say we're glad that you're here. The rest of us, if you see someone with a bag like this, we hope that uh, you would reach out to them and, and befriend them, let them know they, that they're welcome here. The lay here is a reminder that... Uh, let me, let me mention some announcements. Hopefully, most of you, if not all, would have received the newsletter. And I want to mention the newsletter is super important. I know Kathy goes through, through a lot to put that together and send that out on Saturday evenings. And so if you uh, are not getting that newsletter from us on a weekly basis on Saturday evenings, let us know. We want to make a, a big push to make sure that all of you guys are getting all that information. But uh, in case you haven't gotten that information, let me share it with you. Some, some quick announcements. We are a combined service, so let me address our Spanish speakers really quick. Bienvenidos a todas las personas de habla español. Nos da mucho gusto que puedan estar con nosotros, que podamos tener un servicio combinado. Siempre es un gozo especial tener a los dos grupos juntos. Entonces, nos da gusto que estén con nosotros. Si, si no han recibido una, unos audífonos para, para recibir el, la traducción, pueden levantar la mano. Roberto está pasando con los audífonos para que puedan escuchar todo traducido en español. Okay? So, levanten la mano si ocupan un uh, aparato para escuchar el servicio en español. So, we're passing out some of my headphones because we do live translation into Spanish. So, our service is going to be in English and our Spanish group is also here. So, for those that are Spanish-only speakers, we have uh, some headsets for them. Nos da gusto que estén con nosotros. So, <clears throat> I don't want to spend too much time uh, on the announcements, and of course, that's always my intention, and then I end up taking a long time, but really important to me and the leadership of the church is this first announcement, which is growth groups. Uh, this is, in fact, the last Sunday of 2022. Next Sunday will be the first uh, of January of 2023. And um, that also starts our trimester one for 2023 of our growth groups. In case you don't know what I'm talking about, um, here at Crosspoint, it is our mission to make disciples. It is our mission to make disciples because that's what Jesus, our Lord, 
left us here. That's the mission that he left us, to go out into the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so as Crosspoint, as a church, that's what we are about. That's what we hope to be about always. And so we have a simple discipleship process. And so since we have a, a nice group here, I'll tell you what it is in 30 seconds. Our simple discipleship process starts with uh, there's three points. The first one is you being here. We want you to experience God through worship. This is our worship service on a Sunday morning. The second step is we would love for you to commit to spiritual growth through growth groups. That means we get to, the groups of us, small groups, get together during the week, sometimes on Sunday, online or in person, and we study the Word of God together in a small group, build relationships, friendships. We hope you join one of those. And then our third step and final is for all of us to find out what it is that God has us here on this planet for, and that is to serve our fellow human beings, serve the church and serve outside the church. So experience God through worship, commit to spiritual growth through growth groups, and then serve the world with God's love. That's our simple discipleship process. And so step two, our growth groups, trimester one at 2023 starts um, next week, essentially. If you go out through these double doors, up the stairs, up the steps, and uh, outside the other double doors, you'll see a table with all the information of the 12 or 13 groups that are going to be available for you to sign up to, okay? If you have any questions, see me. I'll quickly mention that when it comes to making disciples, uh, baptism is a very important aspect of making disciples. The Lord commanded that those people that become disciples of the Lord, that they will be baptized. And so I'm really pleased that though we don't have our baptistry here, we are going to have a baptism today, at least one. And so we're really grateful about that, all right? So that's always a joy. I think that makes, that makes our any service extra special. Um, and even on a Christmas Day service, which is special already, having uh, someone publicly declare their faith to our Lord as a disciple of his makes it even more special. So we're really happy about that. So what we're going to do is on my left, there's going to be a pop-up baptistry that's going to come. I'm kidding. Uh, the, you guys are looking over there. I'm kidding. Uh, we're going to go to our other building where we have an awesome <clears throat> baptistry, and we're going to do the baptism over there. Okay, so we'll just all kind of transfer ourselves over there. Um, something happened to our inflatable baptistry, um, so it's not available. All right, which is not a problem. We'll see. Not today, Satan. We're not going not gonna to stop this baptism. Um, okay, a couple of the announcements. One is that next Saturday, Lord willing, this coming Saturday, we're going to have a, at, starting at 9 p.m. here upstairs, we're going to have a Christmas Eve service. It's going to be downstairs. If you go upstairs, we'll be directed downstairs. It'll be right here Saturday evening. Bring your ugliest sweater. There will be a contest. But it's just a time for us to say, hey, we're going to bring in the new year. Let's do it together as much as many as are able to and would like to join us. We've done that in the past and had really nice uh, showing, and so we hope to do the same. Any questions, see Patty. Uh, I believe it's going to be a bit of a potluck. Everybody bring a little something, so see her. Make sure you sign up, and if you're able to, we will see you uh, next Saturday starting at 9. I believe we'll be here till to bring in the new year um, for those of you that can hang, all right? A week from today, we also hope to have a combined service, and it'll also start at 11. Okay, give us all a chance to, to be ready to go. All right. Let me double check here, make sure I'm not missing anything. <clears throat> oh, 30-second promo. 
If you're an elder of the church, if you're a deacon of the church, if you're a growth group leader, if you're a ministry leader here in the church, or if you are pretty involved in church and you believe, not only do you know that Crosspoint is, is your church, but you see God directing your life in a way that he wants you to be more involved and take more of a leadership position in this church, which we are excited about. Uh, we want to invite you to be part of a leadership development program that's going to be starting probably mid-January once our growth groups kind of get settled in. Uh, we're going to be taking some courses, pretty high-level courses. I'm excited about that through Grace Community Church. That's John MacArthur's church, and uh, it's going to be online um, and um, we're going to put ourselves through a leadership development uh, program. So we're excited about that. The elders are excited, and we hope that uh, you're going to be receiving, if that's you, you're going to be receiving a personal invitation, but just put that on your radar. You'll be hearing more about it in the following weeks. Okay. Um, I have one quick um, little special something. My brother Orozco, he is an elder of our church, um, Wants to, wants to share a couple of words. He's going to be traveling to Mexico. There is a work being done over there by a nephew of his uh, bringing the gospel to his, the region where he's from. And so I know my brother Rosco, maybe some of us have supported that work. He's going to be traveling along with his wife as he does normally every year. And he wanted to address the you as he uh, gets ready to go. So, hermano Rosco, pase. We just got to get him a microphone. He's going to do it in, in Spanish, and I will translate in English. Está abierto? Sí? Sí? Oh, bueno. Uh, hermanos, tengo varias cosas que decirles. Several things I'd like to share with you. Quisiera decir mucho, pero no hay tiempo y no quiero quitar el tiempo al pastor. I like to say much, but there's there isn't a lot of time, so I'm going to be brief. Para empezar, quiero decir un poco acerca del himno que acabamos de cantar, Avivamiento. I want to share a little bit about the hymn that we just sang about, Revival. Como está fresco todavía en sus mentes, por eso pensé tratar un poco de ello. Since it's still fresh in your minds, I want to share that, tap into that. ¿De qué se trataba el Avivamiento? ¿Y quién hace el Avivamiento? What is revival about and who initiates and takes care of revival? Vino a mi mente el capítulo 2, bueno, desde el 1 de, de, de los Hechos de los Apóstoles, cómo el Señor le dio a sus apóstoles el que fueran a predicar el Evangelio, capítulo 1, versículo 8, o a ser testigos de Cristo. I'm reminded about Acts 1, where God sends his disciples in Acts 1, 8 to be witnesses of Christ unto the world. Pero les dijo una cosa, esperen hasta que sean investidos por el Espíritu Santo y me seréis testigos. Ahora, ¿testigos de qué? He, the Lord told them to wait for the Holy Spirit so that they will be witnesses. Witnesses of what? ¿Sabe que eso es una importancia tremenda para la iglesia en cualquier tiempo de predicar uh, siendo testigos no de Jehová sino de Cristo y testigos de qué versículo 22 de los hechos de los apóstoles dice que apartaron a, 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 a dos para ver cuál de ellos quedaba como testigos de Cristo y de su resurrección 
very important to the church that we would be witnesses of Christ and his resurrection as told in the scriptures. Y el himno dice que el Espíritu Santo lo ha hecho antes y lo puede hacer aún ahora. Our hymn said that the Holy Spirit has done in the past revival and he can do it again. Y me, me viene a la mente desde luego el capítulo 2 como lo hizo viniendo sobre sus apóstoles y empezaron a hablar en las lenguas de los otros que estaban allí y me llama la atención lo que dice que eran varones judíos únicamente que hablaban otros idiomas como so, en el caso vamos a ponerlo de esta manera mi esposa y yo no hasta la fecha no hablamos inglés yo me defiendo un poco pero ella ya tiro casi nada no in chapter pero two of Acts hijos, in chapter two of Acts we see how the Holy Spirit comes and he enables the Jewish disciples to speak other languages Pero nuestros hijos no solo hablan en inglés, sino que de repente, no se diga los nietos, ya no quieren hablar español con uno. So the, he was expressing how he's able to defend himself in English, his wife, not so much, uh, but yet his kids are, are bilingual, but the grandkids are kind of losing the language slowly, Spanish. Por lo tanto, en este caso que estaban varones judíos allí, me han venido a Jerusalén a adorar, Pero ya hablaban otros idiomas y no se digan sus hijos y sus nietos. Y por eso fue el avivamiento que a la predicación de Pedro se convirtieron. ¿Cuántos? How many were uh, converted when Peter preached? En una sola vez. De and one preaching. Dice como tres mil personas. About three thousand souls were converted. ¿Cuántos estamos aquí? Poquitos. En comparación de ellos, ¿no? Entonces, ahora sí quiero decirles la razón por qué quería hablarles uh, ahorita, mi sobrino, Benjamín, que desde chamaco le dio, empezamos a dar el evangelio y nunca reaccionaba hasta ahora que tiene ya para los 50 años. Se convirtió a Cristo y le, le dio el corazón el Señor de hacer un, un santuario en el rancho de donde hacemos nosotros. He has a nephew, Benjamin, whom they shared the gospel with this nephew for a long time since, since Benjamin was a child, never really responded. But lately, God got a hold of him, put in his heart to build a, a building, a temple in, in Zacatecas, in his home uh, town. El lugar donde se congregaba, lo animaron, lo motivaron a que se lo hiciera y él de por sí... Ya había tenido la determinación. El caso es que se fue con toda familia y empezó la obra uh, empezando a usar su propio dinero al grado que se lo acabó el poco que tenía. Y al hablar con el grupo, los grupos que lo estaban diciendo de apoyar, lo dejaron solo. So as a young Christian excited for the Lord went to the town in Mexico, uh, was encouraged by others to, to go ahead and build that, that temple and do the ministry work. So Benjamin, excited, invested all his money to the point where he ran out of money building the temple or building the, this, this building for the Lord, and that's where they're at right now. Algunos de ustedes apoyaron cuando hablé de esto, uh, contribuyendo algo para, no sé, unos cien mil para hacer el santuario porque está precioso. Caben como 250 personas, pero le falta poner ventanas y hacer detalles todavía. Y me decía, él está en Texas, se vino porque se le acabó el dinero y tenía que seguir trabajando. Está en Texas, se vino a trabajar. 
y me dice, cuando le hablé, tengo todavía unos pocos centavos, le digo, ¿qué hago con ellos? Me dice, tío, a ver cuántas ventanas puede poner, porque faltan ventanas, pisos, poner pisos y arreglar baños, hacer todo eso. Ya está todo terminado el resto en, en, en material bruto, pero falta embellecer. So in the, in the past, he's shared with our group the need for that, and, and some of us have helped. Uh, there isn't a lot of other help besides um, Brother Rosco and, and his circle of influence and friends and family. And so at this point, they're, they're basically trying to finish this 250-person building that is being dedicated for the Lord's work. Brother Rosco and his wife are going to be traveling there uh, for a couple of weeks in, in about a week or so. And so I think... Part of, part of us being up here is to just let you know, ask for prayer. I think that's the most important thing. But also, if that's something that interests you to be able to help that ministry, you want to talk to Brother Orozco and, um, and keep him in prayer as well. Exactamente lo que acaba de decir Mike. Mi principal pro propósito con ustedes es que nos apoyen en oración. No solamente para la vuelta, vamos como ya por tiempo lo estamos haciendo, mi hermano, su esposa. Mi esposa y Michael, mi hijo, cinco personas vamos viajando en auto, en carro. Y ya lo hemos hecho por años y años, ¿no? Dios nos ha protegido. Hemos estado cerca de problemas, pero gracias a Dios nos ha librado. Y esperamos que lo siga haciendo. Y como digo, mi propósito es arreglar, a ver qué es lo que podemos hacer en cuanto a eso. Otras dos familias con él de otro rancho cercano allí, que son cristianos, se comprometieron y están en lo que mi, mi sobrino está en Texas, ellos están haciendo servicios como está casi al, al aire libre porque no teniendo ventanas de santuario y sin, pro, sin estar terminado, pues ya ves esos tiempos cómo están. No sé cómo vamos a encontrar, pero Dios nos cuide y las oraciones de ustedes nos acompañen juntas con las nuestras. Dios los bendiga. Thank you. So your prayers, your prayers. Prayers for their trip, but also for the work that's being over there. And he just wanted to let you know what the need is, where they're at. I know the building needs windows and such. And so if that's something that interests you, talk to Brother Rosco. And, um, and it's exciting to know that, that uh, somebody would be willing to really put their life on hold and be willing to um, just go on, a, on faith and, and try to do something that they believe the Lord has put in their heart. Yeah, lower and then we'll get this one up. So I hear myself. Huh? <laughs> That's fine. All right. <clears throat> At this time, I'd like to take communion with you. We get to uh, get, as we get together, we get to celebrate the Lord's Supper. If you didn't grab one of these in order to participate in that and you want to, go ahead and raise your hand. We'll have some of our ushers swing by and grant you one. This time, just kidding, this. And I want to share with you a verse from the Bible in, in order for us to get our hearts and minds prepared out of Luke chapter 2, verse 11. Just raise your hand and they'll come by and, and, and give you one. Luke chapter 2, verse 11, we have here the angels coming and announcing the Lord's birth to a group of shepherds, lowly 
shepherds that were out in the field tending their flock. And of everyone that God could have made this special announcement, he chooses a group of shepherds. And listen to what, what the part of the announcement is. I'll start in verse 10. It says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I know most of us are familiar with that portion. Maybe we have been for years and years. But I just want to make emphasis on this part in verse 11 where it says, There is born to you this day in the city of David. That's what we celebrate Christmas. That's what, that's what a proper celebration of Christmas is supposed to be. That on, the, on this day in the city of David, a Savior is born, Christ the Lord. I know Christmas is all about the nativity, the birth, and that's awesome. But we have to keep in mind why Jesus came into this world. Because a birth without his death, not only is it not the same thing, but for us sinners in need of a Savior, it wasn't enough for him, the eternal God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, it would not have been enough for him to been, have been born, as awesome as that is. He had to be born he had to live a perfect life, and then he had to offer that as a sacrifice for our sins. So he's called the Savior. Who does he save? Well, he saves sinners in need of saving. That will be me. That will be you. That will be everybody. The Bible says that all have sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. There isn't anyone that has ever been born in this planet outside of Christ our Lord that did not need a Savior. If Christmas is only the nice gifts, nice emotions that come with that, the family, maybe the food, if that is all that Christmas is to you, I, I say to you that is not enough. Christmas also has to be about the fact that this baby that we sell, whose birth we celebrate grew into a man and at the age of about 33 gave up his life for you. And he did it for me. The righteous, the perfect, the eternal God incarnate was willing to take your place and mine at the cross. And that, I believe, is a full perspective on Christmas. He was born, and we celebrate that. We're grateful for that. But then he lived in order that he would die as a perfect sacrifice for all of my sin. Past, present, and future, and that forgiveness of our sins is available to anyone who is willing to repent of their sin, to acknowledge the fact that outside of him, we are nothing. Outside of God, we are nothing. What is life outside of God? 20, 30, 40, 80, 100 years in comparison to eternity? Nothing. But in Christ, we are found as new creations, forgiven and granted eternal life, that we would enjoy our life now and for all of eternity. It's amazing. As you peel back the first layer, 
You take the bread. It's, it is an unleavened bread. Leaven in the Bible is almost always a symbol of sin. And so this represents the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are reminded that he was sinless as he offered his life for us. Let's take that together. As you peel back the second layer, you see the juice, which represents the precious, holy, and perfect blood of our Lord. And his blood represents his life. At the cross, he was giving his life for us. That is the gospel. Let's take that together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful. Grateful for this beautiful morning. Um, grateful for the fact that we are alive able to reason, able to inquire, hear, and understand this wonderful gospel, this good news of salvation for all of us, about your love that was willing to give up your only begotten, about our Lord Jesus Christ's willingness to set aside all his privileges that he's enjoyed for all of eternity in order that he would become like one of us. In order that he would identify himself with us and be able to take our place at the cross of Calvary. And suffer a painful and shameful death that we deserved. We thank you. And we thank you Holy Spirit for your presence, for your power, for your enlightenment. For allowing us to not just be able to hear this message but only through your prompting and doing can we understand it and receive it and accept it. I thank you for all my brothers and sisters who are here, everyone who's here, everyone who's watching online, and those who might be listening to a recording in the future. We pray that you would use this message to speak to us. We honor you. We adore you. We thank you in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Beloved, this morning it's my pleasure to be able to share a message with you. And really, I felt the weight of, you know, for me to be able to stand here and share with you the good news about the Lord's birth, I feel so uh, inadequate for sure. And I kind of do every week. But I'm, I'm uh, encouraged by the fact that it's not me, but it's really me just sharing God's word with you. And so I hope you're blessed this morning as we celebrate Christmas. What a, what a special time. Um. You know, we, we are near the end of another year. We get to celebrate the Lord's birth in a special way. We only do it once a year. And I don't know about you, I'm kind of fascinated by time. And, and to be honest with you, the whole idea of death, uh, not in a weird way, I think. But just the fact that, you know, I'm 47. What does that mean? You know, some of you guys are laughing like, oh, he's a youngster. And some of you young people are like, man, he's that old, huh? All right. And then most of you are kind of like around my age, so we're, we're all cool with that, right? 47 is the new, no, it's the new nothing. It's still 47. But, you know, the fact that none of us have tomorrow guaranteed, I find that fascinating. Scary. Um, exciting to know that, that my life in this planet, it's temporary. That's for sure. I think all of us understand that. Temporary. 
How long? We don't know. I know we have some, some of you here that are maybe really close to your 90s. I think one of our, our older uh, brothers and sisters is maybe in, in, in the 90s, right? And then we have young ones here. We have a kids group, so they're, they're not in here. But no matter where you're at, you, you realize that your life is temporary. You realize that tomorrow is not guaranteed. As you get a little bit older, things change. Perspective, your body changes, aches and pains. And then we get to celebrate Christmas. And, and in reality, I mean, I've celebrated 47 of these. I really only remember about 40 of them, 42 of them, right? Before four, I don't remember anything before four years old. And then the question is, how many more Christmas do I have? And I don't know, but say I was to live the average uh, age, which is around mid-70s. So that would mean I have about 30 more of these. 30 is not that much, right? I say that only to, to get us thinking about the fact that we get to celebrate Christmas. It's, it's towards the end of the year. We're going to start another year. You know, pretty soon we'll be like in the mid-2020s, right? 2023 sounds weird for some of you that... That we maybe we're born in the 40s, 50s, 60s to think that we would be alive in the 2020s. I will talk to my mom and, and tell her, ask her that. You know, uh, did you ever think you would reach the 2020s? She was like, no. She would tell me with a smile, like, no. Uh, I mean, if you're living in the 70s and you're thinking 2020s, that's what the futuristic movies were about, right? Whenever you would watch a futuristic movie, it would be like, uh, way in the future, 2021, and then here we are, 2022 already. In Psalms 90, it says, Lord, teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. I think there's a lot of wisdom in considering the fact that we are mortal. And as a Christian, you don't have to fear death. In John eleven twenty five, 25, the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to Martha, whose brother had just passed, and he was about to resurrect him. The Lord tells Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And those who believe in him will never die. You understand that a Christian never really dies. You understand that as, as Christians and really as human beings, we make the mistake. I've said this before. I stole this from somebody. We make the mistake of thinking that we are bodies with a soul. That would be an incorrect perspective. We are eternal souls that have temporary bodies, that is much more accurate. We're only here for a while, but we get to be here for a while. We want to make this time count. We don't know how long we have. We don't have to know how long we have. Truth be told, I don't want to know how long I would have. I wouldn't want to know when my expiration date is. I'll take an expiration date on my gallon of milk, but I don't want to know what my expiration date is. And so we live every day as a gift from God. Every year as a gift from God. We start 2023 with high expectations that God is still on his throne, no matter what's going on with you, that he loves us to the point that he was willing to demonstrate his love and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Put that to bed. God loves you. He demonstrated his love ultimately and perfectly at the cross of Calvary when he took your place and he took your punishment and he took your shame. You have to understand that. And then you also have to understand that you're not God and so there's a lot of things that you don't understand. There's a lot of things that you will not understand. There's a lot of things that 
you probably think that you would do things different. And you're probably going to be upset at God every once in a while, maybe. But I pray that he would comfort us, for those that need comforting, that he would guide us. We all need guiding. And that he would encourage us to really live a life of value, of purpose, as long as we have here. That he would protect us from listening to the enemy who is eager to tell you how much you're not worth. That he would protect us from an enemy that's eager to remind you how many mistakes you've made. And therefore you're disqualified from being whether part of his kingdom or his kingdom work. That he will protect us from an enemy who does nothing but lie, steal, and destroy. I want us to start a new year that way. I hope to see you next year. Next year, I'm sorry. Yeah, next year, next week. Um, but we're going to have a special message just hopefully encouraging us to really look ahead and, and to be able to say, Father, there's so much that I don't understand. There's so much that maybe I think that I need. There's so much that I wish you would do for me. But if you don't, I'm still going to worship you. I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to follow you. And I'm going to do my best to commit myself to you and follow you and obey you and love you and serve you. And I think if we do that, we're going to have an amazing, amazing year. This morning, I want to meditate on the fact that the king is here. That is the title of this morning's message. The king is here. I want to read Matthew 2, 1 through 12. The main point this morning, of this morning's message is that we glorify God by living daily in his presence as our king. That we will live daily in his presence, but not just like, oh God, thank you that you're here, but that he's here, I'm in his presence always, and he is my king. He is my Lord. And I know for us, we live in a place where kingship and being part of a kingdom is maybe not as understandable for us. But I think we know enough about what it would be like to be in the presence of a king. The respect that we would have. The reverence that we would show. The unconditional obedience that we would demonstrate in the presence of a king, a human king, let alone the king of kings. So we glorify God by living daily in his presence as our king. Not just at church when we're in our best behavior, most of us, but then when you go home and you deal with your spouse and you deal with your children and with your grandkids and whoever else is around you. And when you go to work and you are there with your co-workers who probably aren't believers and maybe don't think like you do. When you go out with your teammates and you lose a game, perhaps, or when you go to school, that we would remind ourselves that we are in the presence of our king daily and always when we are by ourselves. This morning, okay, let me, so let me do the reading. This is the same reading we did last week, but we're going to take a look at a couple of different things. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, if you want to follow along. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12 reads, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, 
wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of, Judea, of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will, will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them at what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring him back to me that I may come. Bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. So when they had heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. This morning what I want to do is just share some thoughts with you about the Lord's birth. The title is, The King is Here. <sighs> Neither myself or any other pastor could ever, preacher, could ever do justice exactly to what happened 2,000 years ago. Suffice this morning to say that the eternal creator of the universe chose to become a man. That's something that we'll never understand. None of us can comprehend that. But that is what happened. And the fact that the Lord, the king of the universe, was born is special enough. I understand that. More special than I could ever convey. But what I want to do this morning is just to be able to complete this phrase. And I have three points to share with you. Our king's birth is made special by. I don't want anybody to feel like, Made special by it was already special. I agree with you. The fact that Jesus was born, that the Christ was born, is special enough. But I want to take this portion and take a look at some things that I believe are, are pretty special in regards to his birth. Because that's what Christmas is about. And so taking this portion, I want to share this point. If you have a handout, it would be great if you follow along. If you just want to do that at home later on, that, that's great as well. That will work. But check this out. Our king's birth is made special by, point number one, the announcement of his coming. The announcement of his coming. Now, we read where the angel announces to Mary. We didn't read that part. But the the, we did read where the angels announced to the shepherds and say, hey, a king is born, right? We saw that. Uh, to Mary, the mother of Jesus, it is announced that she would be mother to, to the Christ, to Joseph, it is announced. It is also announced to Anna, who was in the temple, and this other man, Simon, who was there in the temple. 
So there was several announcements around the time of the Lord when he was being born that, you know, the shepherds were, it was announced to the shepherds. But I want to share with you, I want to take you through the Old Testament. And I want us to realize that the entire Old Testament is full of prophecies that speak of the coming and the birth of our Lord. And that's important. It's important for us to understand that when Luke is writing his gospel, he's aware of the fact that the Old Testament has been predicting this birth, this very special birth of the Messiah throughout all of human history. So what I want to do is we're really just going to take a, a bird's eye view about how our king's birth was made special by the fact that it was announced, that his coming had been announced. So in Matthew chapter 2, verse 6, it says, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Did you know that Matthew is quoting from Micah? Micah is a, we call him a minor, he was a prophet, minor prophet, because his writing is short. That's the only reason that separates the minor prophets from the other prophets. But Micah is a book in the Old Testament. He lived around the 7th century B.C., not too far from Isaiah, who also predicts the birth, the virgin birth of our Lord. And so we just went back 700 years from the time when Jesus was born to 700 years back to when Micah and other people like Isaiah um, predict or talk about the coming of the Lord. 700 years. I know when we talk about biblical stuff, we throw hundreds of years like if they're weeks. But just try to listen to this. So Matthew quotes Micah chapter 2 verse 5. 700 years back. And then if you go back another 300 years before that, which is about 1,000 years B.C., you have 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 16 where King David is told about a future king or about his kingdom that included the coming of our Lord Jesus. So in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 16, it says, And your house, talking to David, And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. The Messiah, the Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, is the fulfillment of that prophecy that was made a thousand years before Christ was born. A thousand years the Lord Jesus Christ is of the seed of David, and his throne will be established forever. That speaks of a spiritual kingdom and throne that only Jesus Christ can fulfill. And then we go back another thousand years. So now we're talking 2,000 years before Christ is born. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, where Abraham is told this by God. He says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's clearly an indication of talking about the coming Messiah, where all the families of the earth will be blessed through the seed of Abraham. Jesus is a son of Abraham, a descendant of Abraham. And through Jesus, all the families of the earth are blessed. I will go back 2,000 years before that, approximately. Now we're talking 4,000 years before Christ is born. This is the time of Adam and Eve, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. 
after they've eaten the forbidden fruit, part of their punishment is, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He, speaking of the Christ, shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Right from the get-go, a promised Savior was prophesied. All the way back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, 6,000 years ago. Did you hear that? 6,000 years ago, our Lord's birth had been prophesied. It's amazing. We would be able to take dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of verses in the Old Testament from just about every book of the Bible and we would see how the Christ, the Savior, was prophesied, was announced. And yet, when the Lord is born, who was looking for him? Who was really waiting for him? And the answer is not that many people. Not that many people. For us, as an application, I think, is how are we doing? Now that we have the entire Bible, we have the Old Testament and New Testament, we have all the prophecies and all the fulfilled prophecies of his first coming, and my question would be, is it a big deal to us? You know, it, it, I, I realize how difficult it is if we're not careful how you can go through Christmas and not really make Christ the center of your celebration. You know, you get together with family, maybe with friends, and there's all these activities and such, and... And it's not hard to see how a whole nation would miss the birth of their Savior. That it would not be so with us. And I'm not just talking about Christmas, like today. But I'm talking about our daily living, as we talked about our main point, that we glorify God by living daily in his presence. That we would understand that the king is here, and we get to rejoice in his presence always. And if we're not careful, if we're not intentional about that, we can go about our lives as if the king being here with us is really not that big of a deal. I find that really strange. In my life, I suspect it's not that different in yours. Let's be intentional about living in his presence. So, our king's birth is made special by point number one, the announcement of his coming. And point number two, by the beauty of his arrival. The beauty of his arrival. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 8, it says, And he sent them to Bethlehem, Herod did, and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. The wise men from the east saw the sign that the, that the king of the Jews had arrived. And they traveled to come and meet him and worship him. He was born in a manger Luke chapter 2, verse 7. I find this beautiful. This is the creator of the universe who is not short on cash. Born to a lowly couple, Joseph and Mary. Luke 2, 7 says that she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. The king of the universe was born not in the fanciest of hospitals, not with the best of help, with the latest equipment, but born in a manger. Speaking of his humility, 
How humble is our God that he will be born in a manger. How humble of him that he would be announced to a group of shepherds that were out in the field. Everything about his birth is, I find, just beautiful. It is certainly not the way I would have done it. If my son, if I were the king of the universe with unlimited resources, and my son, my only begotten, was going to be born, that is not the path that I would have taken. And yet we see God's heart, we see his character shining forth is his humility, shining forth is his love for us, his willingness to sacrifice that we will be able to identify with him in every way. It's a beautiful birth. In John 1.14, speaking of the word of God, it says, And the word became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The people that were able to perceive who he was saw the beauty of the Father in the Son. At one time, Philip says to, to our Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And the Lord looks at him and says, Philip, don't you, I've been with you so long. Don't you understand that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Boy, we understand that. Amazing. The beauty of his arrival. We get to celebrate that in Christmas. Again, some people almost every year ask me, is it okay for Christians to celebrate Christmas? And I would say, well, what is it that you celebrate during Christmas? Are you celebrating this beautiful arrival of the Savior of the world, of your personal Savior? If that's the case, then I would say, sure. If, if your celebration of Christmas is all about the gifts and the material stuff and maybe the, the get-togethers and the parties and the whatever, then I would say, I mean, I think it's a matter of conscience, but I would say, why would you want to celebrate that instead of celebrating the birth of of the Savior, the beauty of his arrival. Let me wrap it up with the third point. Our king's birth is made special by the rendering of adoration. In Matthew 2.11, it says, When they had come into the house, this is the wise men from the east, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. You know how strange that would have been that these very fancy people that traveled a long way would bow down to a child. They knew who he was. They rendered adoration. They worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, frankincense and myrrh. And people around them would have said, like, what does a child want that stuff for? And the parents would have been like, oh, he needs it. That's all right. We'll, we'll take that. We'll minister that. Just amazing that they would come, acknowledge who he is as a king of the Jews. Even though he's a child, they bow down before him and they worship him. Not just in word, not just with their bodies, but then with their gifts. He's also adored and worshipped in Luke 2, 13 and 14. Where it says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. That would be to the shepherds praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. So we see uh, 
innumerable, innumerable amount of angels worshiping and praising God for his birth. In Luke 2.20, the shepherds return glorifying and praising God for the things they had heard and seen, which they were just as they were just as they had been told. Over and over, we see all these different characters worshiping the newborn king. Wise men, shepherds, angels, people in the temple that knew who he was. And I want to end with Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Because then the application is, do we understand who he is? If we understand who he is, then we will be most likely, more likely, to be able to adore him, to worship him, to live in his presence as the king. We won't have time to mess around, beloved. Wouldn't it be nice if 2023, you would just get rid of all the silliness in your life? All the things that maybe you've been battling with, and I say battling with quote-unquote. You know, in Christ we can do all things who strengthens us. There isn't anything in your life that you shouldn't be able to look at 2023 and say, Lord, I give this to you. I claim the power of the blood of Christ upon this issue, this problem, this situation, this thing that's been lingering. I give it to you. I want to see you work in my life. We need to render adoration, proper worship. Philippians 2, 10 and 11, listen to this. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And if, you, if you're wondering, like, what does it mean by every knee? In heaven and on earth, and listen to this, and under the earth. You know who that includes? Everyone, past, present, and future that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. When it's all said and done, every knee will bow. You and I, alive right now, get to choose to bow our knee to the Creator, to the King. And accepting and acknowledge him as our Lord and our Savior. As the only hope that we, any of us have. But if you don't. If you choose to reject his offer of love. If you choose to neglect his sacrifice on the cross on your behalf. It says that you too will one day bow your knee and acknowledge him. As Lord for the glory of God. I believe this verse is saying anybody in heaven, anybody alive on earth, and anybody in hell will bow their knee and acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is King, that Jesus is Savior. It's a scary thought. It's a comforting thought. It's a sobering thought thought what if for 2023 we decide I will bow my knee and I will acknowledge Jesus he who was born in order that he would die for me I would acknowledge him as my Lord and my Savior 
I will surrender to him. I will receive his gift of salvation and forgiveness based on what he did for me at the cross. And I will commit my life to following him all the days of my life. And I know I will never do it perfectly, but no matter what happens, I will follow him. That is what Daniel will be doing this morning as we baptize him. It's an honor to baptize someone. It's an honor to, to meet someone like Daniel, who clearly the Lord has been doing a work in him. We'll have, the, we'll have a worship team come up. It is an honor and a privilege to be part of anybody's spiritual journey and walk. For us to have an opportunity as a church, part of the reason why we would baptize someone and we want all of you to be present and therefore at the end of the last song we're all going to transfer ourselves over to the other building we're not going to talk to anyone and get stuck in the middle we're going to grab our kids from the nursery we're going to go over there because we want to we want to be present as our brother daniel professes his faith in christ he is obedient in following the lord's command to be baptized and it is all of our responsibility and privilege to be able to support him and encourage him and his family in his walk. May the Lord bless you. I'm going to pray now. And then um, you guys are singing two songs. After the second song, we're all just going to travel. We're going to make the journey east to the next building where we will have our baptism. Gracious Father, we're so grateful to you that we would have an opportunity to gather, celebrate, remember the birth of our Lord, and in doing so, remembering your love and your willingness to send him on our behalf. We thank you for that. I thank you for everybody who was here this morning. I pray your blessing on everyone. I pray your protection. I ask that you would lead us in a way that our lives will be transformed to be ever more like Christ our Lord for your honor and glory. Thank you. As we lift up our voices and recognize your worthiness, we bless your name, we thank you, and we just ask for your help. We pray in the wonderful name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
Church, we're going to end with a song that everyone knows at a faster tempo, so let's have fun with it, okay? okay. Mm -hmm.